and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks. I'm thrilled you're joining us today, and we are going to be talking about hope and something you might not have heard about before, bioelectric medicine, how to slow, stop, and even reverse dementia. And uh, I can't wait to introduce you to our guest. But first, I always like to point you in the direction of Alzheimer's Speaks main website. There we have one whole section just filled with free educational resources that I urge you to take advantage of. You'll also find our book tab with Betty the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care, which is a wonderful children's book, but it's good for everyone at every age. And it's not dementia specific. So whenever you don't feel like you don't fit in or you don't belong, uh, it, it will help kind of calm you down and sort through your life what you can do for yourself, what you can do for others, how you want others to treat you. And then again, uh, I urge you to go to Dementia Map, which is our global resource directory, where you'll find over 150 different resources, along with a blog, a glossary of terms, an events calendar, and now a shop. So check out DementiaMap.com as well. Let's go ahead and introduce you to our guest and get this show on the road. Well, Guy, I'm so excited to have you with us today. It was such a pleasure to meet you in person the other week. And so I'm thrilled to bring you to our audience uh, to learn more about your work. But I'm going to have you introduce yourself because you can you can sum it up much better than I can. Well, thank you, Lori. It's a delight to be here with you. And yes, it was great to, to meet, have lunch. Uh, it's not often that the you know, person I'm going to chat with on a podcast like lives here in the city, and we can do that. So it's, it was a delight. Um, so my name's Guy Odisha. One of my companies, Cerebral Fit. Um, I also have Bakhti Brain Health Clinic and Minnesota Brain Health Clinic that focuses specifically on um, dementia through the Bredesen Protocol. But my background, you know, I probably started a little over 30 years ago. Um, most of my time has been spent more on the orthopedic side. So working with um, traumatic injury, so physical injury, traumatic brain injury, and then trauma more broadly defined in just kind of psycho-emotional trauma. So that's been my primary um, area. But then maybe 12 years ago, I got into what's called bioelectric medicine. And that, again, was primarily on the orthopedic side, but then slowly kind of you know, moved across more into the specifically brain health. And maybe the last five years, I've been specifically working in the area of brain health and now have three brain health clinics where we use primarily bioelectric medicine as our approach to uh, help. What we like to say is kind of regulate dysregulation uh, in the brain and the nervous system. Uh, really, we mostly think of kind of peak performance. How do we optimize the organ, the mechanism uh, to work, uh, you know, more efficiently and uh, over a, a life course. So you know, along the way, you know, besides being a clinician, I also, um, you know, helped uh, start integrative clinics. So I started at the University of Minnesota, opened an integrative clinic there, was there for about eight years, then uh, stepped out of that, started my own integrative clinic, grew it to be one of the largest integrative clinics in the country. And now kind of have kind of set that aside and really focusing more on kind of the in-home care side as a, you know, for many of the conditions, specifically um, Alzheimer's dementia, how do we deliver uh, more effective, more efficient um, care? And that's going to be with devices in home. And, and so that's now the main focus of, of my personal practice, but also of the clinic. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of dementia? I always ask every guest if they've been personally touched in their own family or circle of friends. Do you mind sharing with us? Well, absolutely. Um, so I think probably the first time that this arose in my own life was uh, when my dad's mom was diagnosed and ended up actually living a, a very long time, you know, something in the neighborhood of 20 years with dementia. But we didn't really, we didn't know then what we know now. And, and so it was just kind of a mystery in terms of what happened. But now looking back, it's obvious, you know, what had been the case. So, so that was my first encounter really as a child kind of going through that experience. But then, um, you know, more recently in my life, um, I had a, a brother-in-law who had an, uh, a very aggressive form and, and I would say over about a period of five years rapidly declined and passed. Um, I had a, a, a stepdad who also had a different version, but a very rapid version and over a few, um, a very few years uh, declined and passed because of the disease. And then, you know, some concerns with um, with my wife and some early onset. And I would say that's um, a large part of what, what got me focused on this was, was what was unfolding with her and the question of what can we do about it? And, and if you're on the allopathic side, you know, the answer to that is not much. And so um, that was where kind of Bredesen protocol came in and the bioelectric came in and, and it, it's been a life changing experience for her, but also for us as a couple, the, the direction we were headed in, we are not headed in that direction now. And, and that, that's just been, you know, grace, just pure grace. Wow, that's that's very interesting. Well, I'm wondering, I know you put together kind of a, a short little video that you can describe because a lot of people, myself included, before we met, I wasn't really sure what what bioelectric medicine really even was. And um, do you want to go ahead and share the screen and, and tell us a little bit more about that? And then I can pick your brain. Absolutely. So this is about 10 years old in terms of research, but what it shows is something that in in many forms of traditional medicine has been held for thousands of years the idea of kind of of like say energy work whether it's qigong or tai chi or acupuncture or um you know ayurvedic medicine it doesn't really matter the traditional system they they hold within them this idea that that there's an energetic component but in western medicine we just haven't had that we've we've been anti that we've been very much no it's about you know, the, the material, what you can see and touch and, you know, um, and so this research coming out of, uh, uh, out of uh, Tufts University and, it, and has, has then gone on to, to show some really amazing, amazing results, what they're doing with this, but this is some of the early time. What we're going to see is it's going to look like we're seeing uh, embryogenesis in a tadpole. So the formation of, of a tadpole face but we're not actually looking at the anatomy. This is the big thing. What we're looking at is the electromagnetic template for the face before the cells are there. That's that's the amazing part. Like that's the, the mic drop moment of this video and why I show it is it shows something that prior to this in Western medicine, we just didn't have a concept for. We were anti, and then along comes evidence to say this exists. So that's what we're going to watch here. So if you watch the kind of this more middle one, the lighter colored one, you'll see right there begins what looks like the, the, the dividing line of the face, the gills, the mouth, the nose, the eyes, and then that face kind of turns to the side. Do that one more time. So the thing to keep in mind again is, this is not the anatomy. What you're seeing is the electromagnetic field for the future face. So as cells gravitate to those regions, that electromagnetic field has information in it that will tell those cells what to be. You're an eye cell, you're a mouth cell, you're a gill cell. And, and, and th that, that we now have multiple time reproduced validated science to say that before there is physical structure, there's an electromagnetic template 
that organizes that. And we actually know that even after their structure, there's an electromagnetic template that is continuing to tell that tissue what to be, how to be, what what to do. So there's, and a way we think about it is like like local mind, right? So like that's that's an intelligence that is telling the material biology what to do. And this is this is the exciting part that's happening in bioelectric medicine is um, you so so we're, we're fairly used to pharmacological medicine so chemical medicine what we're not really used to is bioelectric medicine so in a simple form we could say we are electrochemical beings right now we're more than that but but just to kind of keep it simple for this conversation we're chemical electric beings. We're very used to chemical medicine, pharmacies. The electrical side, although it's been around as long, it just it just got eclipsed by the advent of pharmaceutical medicine in the sense of like better living through chemistry and we found the answer and it's all going to be good from here. And it just chewed up all the bandwidth. But kind of silently on the side, bioelectric medicine has continued. And I would say what we're seeing right now is some significant breakthroughs in the application that are going to be pushing it forward. And this is going to become as common as the idea of going to the pharmacy and getting a pill that one would engage on a bioelectric medicine through through a device or whatever form that you know, particular treatment is going to take. But uh, again, the universe, the um, Tufts University, one of the Michael Levin there, one of the leaders in bioelectric medicine, what he's showing that he can do with bioelectric medicine, kind of regenerative medicine. So here's an example that that pertains very much to what we're going to talk about today. So this is still in a in a frog model, but they're evolving it up the, you know, they're in, in mammals now. But in a frog, uh, they introduce a a, a teratogen. Uh, into the developing frog that basically causes brain damage. So you get an adult frog uh, with a non-optimally uh, functioning brain. MRI scans to show the the you know the the damage done. He then uses bioelectric medicine to initiate you know kind of what he talks about it kind of the the algorithm for regenerate the brain right. So the same biological process that that in development developed the brain, he's able to turn that on again. And so over a period of months, that frog regenerates its brain, comes back to being a normal functioning frog that can be trained like their other frogs could be trained. It can show all the the, uh, functioning as expected for an adult frog. And so he's able to show experimentally that you could do that. And he's done that with limbs, getting um, animals or mostly amphibians that don't generate to regenerate a limb. So this idea of regenerative medicine on the bio, on the bioelectric side, uh, again, is just absolutely mind blowing what is happening. And they're, they're, he's really turning biology on its head. A lot of things that were believed to not be possible, he's showing that is absolutely possible. His research in cancer is uh, amazing. It's going to change the way cancer is being treated. It's even changing the way it's being conceptualized. So, so we're leveraging a part of that in what we do, using devices to change the the bioelectric gradient at the level of the cell to to move cells, tissue, organs in the direction that we want them to go instead of in the direction that we don't want them to go to move towards health and regeneration as opposed to disease and degeneration. So today, you know, we're talking, you know, our audience is primarily people with dementia, but they are dealing with all kinds of different things as are their, their care partners. Can, can your uh, equipment and your medical model, can it work, let's say on, I mean, I know so many people struggling with immune system disorders and stuff right now and help balance those types of things out. Absolutely. I would say, so my largest client base for sure is dementia. Then maybe Parkinson's, but right after that is kind of what you're suggesting, kind of more autoimmune condition. 
and and you know as we learn more about autoimmune conditions we're more and more chronic disease is being swept under that umbrella and so it just means there's more and more things in that category that we're treating. But yes, um, I use different technology than what we use when we're treating dementia. Uh, there, we're going. I'm going to be using more kind of frequency specific microcurrent. We're treating you know the body more than the brain. Uh, we're you know kind of going after the the immune system as a form of distributed intelligence in our body, and and how do we correct the information processing within the immune system that has is kind of lost the plot but but that is the the primary approach is to to be able to address that information processing and if we can get that sorted out we see wholesale change in conditions that otherwise again allopathic medicine just really hasn't found um, very workable solutions for you know, to me, I find this really interesting because um, to me, energy is just fascinating. I mean, we've all had somebody walk into a room and we can feel their energy without a word, without anything. And we all know that that happens, but we kind of have poo-pooed that and never thought, well, it could be deeper and bigger and better and more helpful. And not too long ago, I interviewed a gal who's working for a company called Eugerian, and they're getting different products for dementia. And one of the the products, and I cannot remember the name of it, but it's like a it's like a like a football, and a, two people hold on to it, and up to ten people can like touch these other people, and it will change the sound depending on how many people are touching this thing, and it's and it's just fascinating to me how that can work, and to me it's almost like a like a diagram in real life of that, that energy spread and, and what it does uh, with all of that. So I, like I said, I'm really, really interested to learn more about what you're doing. We're hearing more and more about the autoimmune system in dementia and that becoming part of the whole research um, with everything as well. So this, this is uh, just wonderful. Can you tell us, like, how did you get started in all of this? You know, usually there's there's one or two things that just like kind of push you forward and go, no, this is the direction you need to go. And you've you've done a lot of things with all your entrepreneurship in different areas. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so yeah, because I, I had a, a large integrative clinic at our peak, we had 31 providers from across the spectrum of healthcare, I just had an opportunity to encounter many different forms. And we would do um, weekly case studies. So we get together, we'd have our, you know, our MDs and uh, you know, our chiropractors, our nurses, our mental health providers, our acupuncturists, our massage therapists, our Reiki providers, our coaches, our physical therapists, you name it. I just great expanse of providers in a room kind of talking about their cases. And so I was vaguely familiar with some, like I didn't know the term bioelectric medicine, but I was aware there were things like tens. We put little sticky pads on, makes your muscle jump, things like that. I was aware that that existed, but it, it, it just didn't hold interest for me. But we had a provider who was doing uh, microcurrent facials, right? So microcurrent therapy uh, for aesthetics. And I just, you know, I would see his clients come and go and come and go. And one, one day, one particular person just caught my attention. And I, and I was just like, pardon me, you know, for interrupting. This is very rude, but I, I just can't believe I saw you go in. I see you're coming out. The, the transformation is astounding. Like what happened? <laughs> she was very kind. She took it as a compliment and and then just told me her journey of going from kind of standard aesthetics, Botox, fill, uh, all of that into the world of bioelectric medicine for aesthetics and how she was no longer doing the other stuff and she was just doing the bioelectric medicine and and just how much better she looked and felt. And she was utterly radiant. It, but again, the difference was the radiance that she walked in with and the radiance she walked out with was striking. So that got me interested to just say, like if something could change somebody that much, 
like I'm interested. So then just through a series of, of coincidences, at another bioelectric medicine provider joined my clinic. And and I, I watched her. So she also was on the orthopedic side. And she would fill the waiting room from morning to night. She would have a waiting room full of people. And I had a large clinic. She would fill as many rooms as were available. She might have six rooms going or eight rooms going. And if there was somebody standing around that wasn't like if there was a doctor who wasn't seeing somebody, she'd grab them and drag them in and say, stand here and, you know, press this button when it beeps or what. You know. But what I saw were just miracles happening. You know, people coming in with a walker and then walking out without their walker and the, you know, the son that brought them is carrying their walker is their father is you know, walking out. And one of the most attention getting for me was this gentleman who, so Suzanne was the lady who was the provider in my clinic and, and eventually became my first um, teacher in bioelectric medicine. But um, this this client of, of Susan's who I, I met, but his, his story before this was uh, he, he was uh, Suzanne's accountant and she kept talking to him about his foot, his diabetic, his foot was going sideways on him. He kept saying, no, 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 I'm under care. I'm fine. Well, he calls her the night before he's supposed to have his foot amputated. And she has videos of this, of, of this guy's foot. It's just a big swollen red mass. You can see the dot black dotted lines for the, for the surgery. She works on it all night by morning. It's, halfway to looking like a normal foot he agrees to cancel the surgery she works on him for the next day back to a normal foot i meet him six years after that he still has his foot he's a you know just a loyal client of hers but that was one of the most remarkable transformations that i had seen in in at that point probably my 20 years of being in healthcare. But then I, I watched her, you know, over the time that she was with us, do things that seemed miraculous every day in the clinic. We just got to call them everyday miracles. And and that's what fueled me. I was like, okay, whatever I was doing before, and it's not like what I how I was working with clients wasn't helpful. This is more helpful. And and that's where I, I made a fairly wholesale change from what I'd been doing into bioelectric medicine. And, and, and like I said, that kind of led today where we do high-end neuroimaging, neurofeedback, neurostimulation, neuromodulation, um, have gotten a little bit into de device manufacturing. And so, so yeah, so it, it really, for me, was saying we can, we can change healthcare, the delivery of healthcare in a, in a just fundamental way. And one of the ways was as technology got better and we didn't need to have the big, you know, $25,000, you know, brick that we used in the clinic to deliver this. Now we have something that's the size of a smartphone and costs $2,400. So, you know, massive change in cost and portability. Now I can send to my client a device that they use at home that is 10 times better than what I used to use in the clinic. And got good results with but i can deliver that to them at home so for the cost of you know people can rent the device so 75 dollars a week to rent a device 75 dollars in the clinic for a treatment one treatment 75 dollars. the person at home can treat themselves let's say twice a day every day so 14 treatments for the same cost and they get to do it at home without a trip to the clinic this is just a more efficient way to deliver healthcare. So that's, uh, but yeah, it, it started with those two experiences in my own clinic, just seeing things that I couldn't otherwise explain. Wow. Well, and, and to see that big of a change that fast too, because usually when you go to the doctor, it's like, well, we'll see you in a couple months, come on back. We'll see how you're doing type, type deal. Have, have you found, does this work? I, I also have a lot of um, friends with like back pain and neck pain and things like that. Does that, can you rejuvenate things in that area as well? Absolutely. So that that's, again, my kind of my biggest background is in the, on the orthopedic side. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love is like, so nerves are electric. Right? Mm -hmm. And so they, they take to 
microcurrent therapy or bioelectric medicine very quickly. So <clears throat> we can often change uh, nerve function quickly. Now, not always, but often. So I've had clients who've maybe had a back surgery and kind of regardless of whether the back surgery went well or didn't, it's like, that's not the thing is they were left with some symptoms mm -hmm. and either symptoms that were a, a remainder from why they went into the surgery or symptoms that came from the surgery. And then be able to take those people and in a relatively short period of time, get them symptom free, get them back their mobility and their quality of life. And, and largely that's just because there was, you know, there was irritation or inflammation in the nervous system that the surgery itself couldn't resolve, but using microcurrent therapy, we're able to get that nerve to, to quiet down and, and relatively quickly symptoms are gone and, and, you know, they're happy and again, quality of life. So there's certain conditions that respond very well to it. And then other conditions that are either not going to respond or slow. Um, uh, but absolutely the orthopedic place space is fantastic for bioelectric medicine. And that's whether we're doing microcurrent or light therapy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really wonderful to see what can be done again in that same model where we're able to treat people at home without necessarily them having to come to the clinic and, and have the cost of that, but also the, you know, impingement on time. Yeah. Well, and I, I think of things like too, like uh, thyroid disorders or, you know, even diabetes with medicine where it's life threatening and people are like, I don't know if I can afford my medication or will it be available? We saw a lot of that during COVID and um, boy, if, if some of this can come into play, what a difference that'll make uh, in, in so many ways. Yep, Absolutely. Um, many of the chronic conditions, so we were talking, you know, today to talk about dementia, but I think something like macular degeneration, which we call kind of called dementia of the eye, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the back of the eye, the macula is, is really, we think of it as, as nerve tissue, but it's really brain tissue, right? It's, it's that interface. And so we can succumb to the same process and, you know, allopathic medicine would say there's no treatment for macular degeneration but we have about an 85% success rate treating macular degeneration. And it, again, we're just using bioelectric medicine. In, in many cases, what's happened in, in most degenerative diseases, again, is this idea that, that the, the tissues and structures have, have either become devitalized. So let's say mitochondria are um, either lacking in number or lacking in function. So the tissues just aren't getting the energy that they need literally are not getting the fuel to do what they need to do. And they start to break down. So if we do nothing other than just get the mitochondria functioning optimally again, that's a, a fundamental change to the vitality of the tissue and the tissue to be able to do what it's supposed to do. But the other piece is again, that idea that, that there's an intelligence in the tissues and the structures there's a local intelligence that is kind of telling them what they're supposed to be doing. If that intelligence starts to degrade, well, then the tissues aren't getting the right information. They aren't being told how to do what they're supposed to do. And I kind of, the analogy I use is if you, um, you know, for those of us who are old enough to remember radios where you actually had to tune the dial. Yep. Um, so if it was like just a little bit off, so it's staticky, and you, you just miss a few words in the story, it didn't take very long and, and, you, and you were lost. You didn't know what was being said to you over the radio. And it's very much the same in the body. As, as that local intelligence degrades and it can't give the cells clear information, they just, they just lose the story. They lose the plot. And so using bioelectric medicine, if we can restore that communication of what are those cells supposed to be doing? Well, then they, they just get back to it. Just like if you turn that dial and, and you get a, a clear channel, you can pick up the story like, oh, that's what they're talking about. I thought it was this, it's not, it's this. And away you go. Same thing with our cells and our tissues and our organs. Well, let's talk about cerebral fit and what that all is. What are you doing with that company? Sure. So Cerebral Fit um, is really kind of somewhat 
was a, a response to um, my brick and mortar clinic and my Minnesota Brain Health Clinic, which is our Alzheimer dementia clinic using the Bredesen protocol. And what we were seeing was the efficacy of the devices, that even though we were doing diet and lifestyle and supplements uh, and medication if needed, but mostly the Bredesen protocol is diet, lifestyle, and supplements with a little bit of bioelectric medicine added in because Dr. Bredesen really did create a comprehensive program. I have all the respect in the world for him and his program. The bioelectric medicine side was, was always just kind of a, oh, and there's this. It's kind of off on the side. Most clinics who do a Bredesen protocol don't even do the bioelectric medicine. So what we wanted to do was, was CerebroFit, where we, we put the bioelectric medicine primary. Like, do we do diet and lifestyle and supplements? Yes. But on the CerebroFit side, that's more of a, oh, yeah, there's this other thing you can do. But the big player is the bioelectric medicine, the devices. And the reason I say that is what we saw in our, you know, in our other clinics, when we were doing diet and lifestyle, or somebody would come to us and they were doing diet and lifestyle. So they're doing that well, they're doing the supplements, maybe it needs a little tweaking. The people who also did the bioelectric medicine did much better than the people who were just doing diet and lifestyle supplements. So it started to like, the data started to show us that the bioelectric medicine is doing a significant amount of heavy lifting here. And, and so the question is, what would happen if we, if we just did that? And then sure enough, you, you know, you get patients who want to do the minimum. They maybe don't want to change their diet. That's a big deal. They're maybe resistant to the lifestyle changes, right? They've never exercised in their life and they don't plan to start. So you kind of get that group of people, which is a surprisingly large group of people. But if you say, well, here's what you need to do, put this device on, sit here in the chair, watch TV, and and you're doing a treatment, there's a, a, a swath of those folks who will say yes to that. They won't do anything else, but they'll do that. So that's what we saw was for the folks who were willing to, just willing to do the devices, but not the diet and lifestyle. They did better than our people who were doing just diet and lifestyle and supplements. Okay. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, that and, makes, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. So that was so, so, so we don't not do kind of the Bredesen thing, the diet lifestyle supplements on the CerebroFit side. We just don't put that center stage and... And we talk mostly about the devices. And then, of course, we support people to make that whole change because it's all important. But yeah, so that was really the development of it was just seeing what was having an impact in our patient population. Okay, great. Well, I just want to shout out to our audience. If you just tuned in now, you're going to want to rewind and hear everything that's been said. We've been talking with Guy Odishar, who has Cerebral Fit and uh, Bhakti Wellness Center as well. And it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation. And we are still going strong. You can always go uh, to his website, Cerebral Fit. Uh, you can email him at gotashar at cerebralfit.com. And uh, 
you can also visit his other sites. We'll have all of that in the show notes. So don't worry if you don't have a pen and paper handy. Um, we also have a, a wonderful list that Guy has given us regarding um, research papers and lectures you can watch and some of his favorite videos as well. So um, there's just so much to learn. And I'm sorry, we only have an hour to do it. And I can't believe uh, how long we've been talking already. And uh, I, I feel like I could talk with you all day. That's how I felt when we went out to lunch too. <laughs> you know, I, I find this just fascinating. Well, is there anything more that you wanted to tell us about what bioelectric medicine is? Maybe what we could do is, is uh, go from being general to the specific and, and I just kind of, you know, name the devices and put some particulars on this for people. You know, for our dementia clients, our primary recommendation is what we call the cerebral fit complete. So this is a near infrared helmet, uh, audiovisual entrainment device, and a nasal laser. So those are our so three separate devices, but we put them together in a package and we encourage people to use them kind of simultaneously, right? So your your treatment is time is efficient, but we're approaching the brain in a, a number of different ways uh, simultaneously. And so let's say a little bit about, so we've got the, the near-infrared helmet. We use a, a 1070 nanometer, which is just a particular wavelength of near-infrared light. And it's, it's kind of where the science is pointing right now. Uh, I'm not wedded to there being a magical type of light that does it that you'll see variety in the industry people will talk about 810 or 850 or 1070 and it's it's far too technical to talk about like why those matter in different circumstances so i am agnostic um something is better than nothing and 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 so we don't you know i don't want people to get bogged down in the minutia and let that be a barrier to starting so our our helmet is the is the 1070 currently, and so putting near infrared light into the brain, what you know, what are we doing? We're increasing mitochondrial activity, which is increasing ATP, which is energy, and that just has such a significant effect on the aging brain. Just again, the, the analogy I use is is money, and if if you're living on a fixed income and your fixed income is getting less and less each year and your expenses are staying the same or getting more, but your income is getting less, that's not a good situation to be in. And, and that's essentially what's happening in the brain. The brain's energy production is getting less and less each year. Our number of mitochondria drop off um, considerably as we age. And, and so to be able to come in and, and give the brain more energy, it's, it's a lot like if somebody came along and just gave you more money. There's all kinds of things that you haven't been doing that you would be doing if you had the money and and that extra money is helpful. Same thing, give the brain more energy. It starts to get back to its maintenance schedule. It starts to work on repair. And if there's enough energy, it'll start working on regeneration. So, so that also turns out that mitochondria plays a huge role in cell signaling. So cell to cell signaling. And that's part of that local mind or the the communication within the tissue and within the organ that reminds the whole milieu of what's the story like what are we up to what are we doing here right so so the mitochondria play a, a, an enormous role in that maintaining the, the the story the information and so so getting those up and running uh better faster uh, optimized helps with the energy and with the, the the information processing that's happening. So then the next thing is reducing inflammation. So as you had mentioned earlier, so inflammation plays a big role in dementia. And so if we can downregulate inflammation without putting a drug in, then that's just a win. We're not we're not putting a, a toxic drag on the system, even if there's a big benefit to it, there's still maybe in some cases kind of a toxic load. So if we can reduce inflammation without that, that's a win. The infrared light is very good at that. So then we do other things like increasing nitric oxide, which is good for circulation and perfusion, getting blood, more blood in and um, deeper. So that's good for bringing nutrients, but it's also good for taking waste materials out. 
balancing reactive oxygen species, which is a free radical, which too much causes oxidative stress, not enough, interferes with um, cell function. So we want to have that balanced. Near infrared is great at balancing that. And there's a long list. I could go on and on and on of just about the benefits of near infrared light. They're, it's just, they're vitalizing. That's the key thing for people to know is it's a it's an essential nutrient. Near infrared light is an essential nutrient. We evolved in the sun. We are, our biology is supposed to get large doses of near infrared light every day. But good research, um, it's been done for a while, but there's an article that kind of, that came out maybe a year ago uh, showing that, modern humans get about 7% of the near infrared light that our ancestors used to get. And, and so you can imagine any essential nutrient. And again, we talked about, I used the metaphor of the income. If, if you lost 93% of your income, but still tried to maintain the same lifestyle, like you couldn't do it, right? You just couldn't do it. And so that's a lot what it's like with our bodies We've taken away 93% of this essential nutrient by living indoors, putting clothing on, spending most of our time in artificial light, and, you know, in the last several decades, avoiding the sun as if it was a danger to us because of melanoma, and, right? It turns out, like, like no, <laughs> that's, that's actually not true. It's essential. Uh so what we're doing is taking a particular uh, wavelength of light that is in the sun and we're giving the brain just that wavelength. None of the harmful ones, the UVs, the blues, we're giving the brain just the nutrient. And that's why we see all these benefits is the, the organ is just simply malnourished. And so when we feed it, it just takes it in and puts it to use and, and is restorative to function. So the other thing the helmet does is it does pulse light, which means we can do entrainment. So we can get neurons to pulse in the brainwave frequency. So we talk this like talk about this as you know, getting the brain to talk to itself in its own language. So in delta, theta, alpha, beta, gamma. And what we find in um, most all neurodegenerative diseases in dementia. Is a, is a massive drop-off in gamma, a, a particular brainwave that has a very particular function. And so one of our treatments is to use the helmet with pulsed light in the gamma range. MIT came out with a study maybe four years ago now showing the effects of 40 hertz flickering light on reducing amyloid plaques in the brain and all kinds of positive benefits. And so... Um, we're leveraging that research to be able to use the helmet to do that as well. So that's the, that's the helmet. Then we have the audiovisual entrainment, which is these funky glasses with blinking lights and headphones with beeping noises or binaural beats and ear clips that can do transcranial stimulation. So three forms of what's called neuromodulation in one device. And this really lets us primarily uh, you know, engage the brain on its own terms, again, using the brain waves, so the, the delta, theta, alpha, beta, gamma, to talk to the brain, and more importantly, get the brain to talk to itself in more functional patterns. So we can restore brain function quite quickly. So our clients probably see the biggest bump in the first weeks and months from the audiovisual entrainment, where we're taking function that's still there, and we're just restoring it. Um, then the helmet is a little bit more long-term physiology. That's a little bit more about addressing some of the, the, the disease states and changing those. And then the other device is the nasal laser, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's two lasers that you stick up your nose. Um, there are also two lasers that you put in your ears. So we have ear lasers and nasal laser. And this is just to put red light into the nose, which we do that because the nasal membranes are very thin. All the blood goes through your nasal passageways. You know, about every five minutes, you get a circulation of all the blood will pass through. So we get to irradiate all the blood in the body numerous times in a 30-minute treatment. So that's good for all those reasons of um, mitochondria and nitric oxide and all of those. 
but also we get as you put the the nasal laser goes the light goes up into the brain it passes through the eyes so this is one of our treatments for eye related conditions but then it ends in the brain and so where the helmet is going to get light down on the cortex on the top of the brain the nasal laser brings light up onto the bottom of the brain where some of the really important structures affected in neurodegenerative conditions live so we've got our hippocampus and our amygdala uh, there and so being able to get light uh, on the bottom of the brain again turns out to be very helpful for a whole set of symptoms related to the condition and then what we ask people to do is uh, two 30-minute treatments a day so roughly a treatment in the morning treatment in the evening where they're doing the helmet the glasses the headphones the ear clips the nasal lasers all at one time and they can be watching TV or eyes closed, taking a nap. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, you know, once you get used to the technology, it's a very simple, relaxing um, treatment. So we don't really have any problem with compliance. People like it. And the biggest driver of, of compliance, people doing it, is they start to get better. And that becomes a big motivator. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Well, how do how do people start to work with you if they're if they're interested in this? What's the process? I know so many doctors they're six to nine months out to get in to see anybody, which is you know just such a struggle. Yes, yeah. So um, you had mentioned earlier the the cerebral fit. So cerebral f i t. So cerebralfit.com. and there at that on our website. Uh, people will find my direct email, my direct phone number. They'll find a, a direct link to my online schedule. We offer a free 15-minute consult. If somebody's just wondering, are they a candidate? We can have a conversation and just talk through just kind of at a high level. You know, are they a good fit for our program? I offer a 45-minute consult that lets us have more time to get into kind of the backstory, what are the, uh, you know, related health conditions, help me kind of formulate a treatment plan, walk the person through what a prospective treatment plan would look like and what the, what the costs associated would be. And then they can make a decision. Is that something that they want to do? And if it is, then typically what'll happen is I'll put together a suite of devices. Maybe it's what I talked about, the Cerebral Fit Complete, or maybe in, in a, one person's case, they're like, well, I don't want to do that one. I just want to do this one. Great. Okay, here we go. Pack that up, ship it off. We hop on a Zoom call. I help walk through the setup of it, um, what their protocols are, how they're going to do their treatment. And then we just continue that kind of a relationship over time where they're able to text me, call me, email me. We can hop on a Zoom and go through what's going on. Do we need to tweak the treatment plan? And, you know, presume that this is a chronic degenerative disease. So I just make the presumption person going to be working with this for the rest of their life. And we're going to tweak their protocol so that what they're doing in week one and month six and year two is fitted for where they are um, in, in their health. And at some point, hopefully it's less about the concerns of dementia, and we're able to move on to other concerns that they have. And, and indeed, that does happen. So are these devices something that can be shared within a family? Because I can see someone having maybe back problems and somebody else having immune system problems and someone else having dementia or a combination of those. Can these, can these be shared and can there be plans made for the different parties to use the same equipment? I love the way you're thinking. Absolutely. And, and and I encourage, you know, the folks that I work with to do exactly that. Like they're making an investment. So we should put a price tag on this so people, again, have a sense of this. So the Cerebral Fit Complete is going to come in at about $4,500. The helmet alone is about $3,300. The audiovisual entrainment is going to be about $700. The nasal laser is going to be about $200. We have, we have seven devices in our lineup, but I would say the range is between $100 for our lowest cost device and uh, $4,500 for the complete kit at the highest end. And then everything else kind of shuffles out in the middle there. We do a, a, 
a rental program so people can just rent if they have either an acute condition or they just want to know like am i going to do this like guy this sounds kind of weird this helmet this blinking light thing i'm not sure i'm going to do it just rent a kit and if you don't like it if you're just like oh this is annoying pack it up send it back that, that was easy uh, on the other hand if you do like it our, our rental can convert into a rent to own and so the money you've paid for rent isn't lost. That can go towards the purchase. And so the rentals basically can be like a payment plan. So it can be an easy way for people to kind of manage the cost of it. Um, so whether people purchase outright or do a short-term rental, you know, options. But yes, yeah, so what I say to people, if, if we're thinking dementia and the treatment plan is 30 minutes twice a day, so that's an hour that that equipment is being used by that person, there's 23 hours that it's available. So absolutely, you know, everybody else in the house should use it because the thing to keep in mind about these devices is they don't treat disease. They optimize health. So there isn't anybody who can't use more health. There isn't anybody who wouldn't benefit from having more energy and a more well-regulated nervous system. We can take peak performance athlete, CEO, student in school, peak performance, they're above average on every outcome. And we put them on the devices and they get better. Right? Like So that that's the thing I want people to keep in mind. This isn't about treating a disease. This is about peak performance. This is about optimizing what you have. And, and in that sense, there isn't anybody who wouldn't benefit from it. So, you know, if it's a spouse, if, if it's, you know, children, grandchildren, uh, many of, of my clients who have the complete kit for dementia, they will, you know, their grandkids will come over and they'll put the audiovisual entrainment on the grandkids uh, because it helps with just um, psycho-emotional regulation, autonomic nervous system regulation, helps with focus and concentration, helps, you know, kids get just better behaved, but also better academic performance. So absolutely, I want you know the devices to be used, and and that can extend to caregivers. Right? So you know, the caregiving side uh, is demanding, and having something that will put at least a little bit of gas back in the tank will help the the person giving the care have more resilience, be able to show up with a with more to offer that's nothing but beneficial for everybody involved. And so that could be family members, but even if you have paid help coming in, I would say absolutely allow that person to have 30 minutes to use the device because what you'll get is a better care team. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that's just better. I mean, it just the whole household will run better if everybody involved is more well-regulated. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and how refreshing to say, you know, it's about optimizing health. You know, it's not about disease. I mean, everybody or not everybody, but most people hate going to the doctor and it's just like, oh, what are they going to find now? And instead of you're finding what they have and giving it a boost, you know, (laughs) that's a that's a whole different whole different outlook. Um, Real quickly, do you have like a story that you want to share? I know you shared a couple of them about the gal who really got you you know, involved with this, but have, do you have a story or two you'd like to share as well? I would love to. Thank you. Yes. I mean, there, so the problem is I, I, I have too many, but I have a couple of favorites. Like one of, one of my current favorites is a lady, she's 105 and lovely, lovely lady. Um, she made a mistake of getting up and, and trying to you know, go from one room to another on her own with her walker, but she didn't wait for her caregiver and she fell, hit the back of her head, blood, ambulance, off to the hospital. And, you know, the, the, the doctor said, you know, you're actually lucky if this had happened to somebody half your age, this could have killed them. But in her case, because of age-related shrinkage, she had a lot more space in her skull. So the internal bleeding and swelling didn't actually have much of a negative effect on her. But it did leave her with uh, pain, neck pain from the fall, you know, uh, pain in her head from the, the impact. 
but also probably something in the area of a concussion. So it had a profound effect on her short-term memory, which up until that point was pretty darn good. But post-incident, she could eat breakfast and then not remember what she just had for breakfast. And her short-term memory was basically gone. So um, in her case, we used one of our uh, infrared light devices to that we allowed us to treat both for pain so we could downregulate her pain, but also treat her brain. And it didn't take long. It was within days. Uh, she was off her pain meds. She was no longer complaining of neck pain, no longer complaining of, of headaches, uh, sleeping better. Her short-term memory came back and, and, and now is basically where she was before uh, the fall. And then something that wasn't anticipated was, but she was having some eye issues, just kind of a chronically weeping eye that was just, just bothersome mostly. It was affecting her vision, but mostly just bothersome. And that got better. And again, from our standpoint, not a surprise, but from the family standpoint, they're kind of astounded that this one near-infrared light device was able to help with so many of their mother's concerns from this fall. So um, I just, I just, I just love, I mean, she's a sweetheart, but that she was willing to do just what has to her has to seem like just utter like ridiculousness that you're going to put this light on my head and it's going to help, but that she was willing to do it. And, and then obviously that we were able to help her um, improve her quality of life. Because one of my favorite stories that's, that's she's under care now and all of this is is happening. Um, But one of my, my favorite dementia stories is a, is a lady, probably something like 75 who, by the time I, um, was called in, was quite progressed in her condition and did not do much from a functional standpoint. It was kind of bed, chair, back to bed again. And that that was pretty much her day to day. And so we started her with the cerebral fit complete and could just tell like week by week, seeing her come back to life and and her husband was her primary caregiver and he was great, so supportive. He did all the treatments along with her, but he would text me, you know, in the beginning, he would text me weekly and just say, oh, you know, she got up on her own today. You know, she got up and got dressed and came down to breakfast. She got up and got dressed and came down and made breakfast. And, and just this amazing return to uh, to life, to their normal um, pre-dementia life uh, as a couple. And this, you know, her, her kind of getting her function and autonomy back allowed him then to leave the house and go back to to working and uh, managing the business. But it also, you know, they like one of the texts just you know made me cry it was um, they went out on a date and you know the next day he's like, oh, you know, it's like five years we've not been on a date in five years and we went out and you know she picked the place she ordered her own meal when we were done she wanted to go for dessert she never wants to go out but if we go out she doesn't want to stay out went out for dessert then after on the way home she's like oh we haven't you know visited with friends could we stop at the house and just visit for a little bit and they did and it was just it was like old times and um and it's been a, just a very very sweet story she's about two years uh into treatment and doing great I mean, driving again going to the kids hockey games um going out golfing with her friends I mean, it's just been such a remarkable story but again you get me going on this and i could just keep going i mean there's a, <laughs> a ceo who is in danger of getting pushed um out of his his business the board was going to vote him out because of of his dementia and i would say fast forward a year and the business is doing better than ever um he is back to a, a self from you know 40 years ago he's cycling he's he's just enthusiastic about life he's just a go getter um, a gentleman with Parkinson's who spent seven hours a day in bed with tremors and needed full-time care. We were able to get him back to no tremors. He could get himself up, get dressed, get, you know, navigate the house, basically take care of himself. And then that freed up his wife so that she could get her life back and get back with her girlfriends and, you know, go play bridge and go out for lunch. And, um, you know, just 
just a, a remarkable story. I and mean, he was 94 years old, but he wasn't done yet. Like, like he still had more life in him and we were able to get him back, um, you know, that level of function. Wow. Those are, those are really cool stories. And I mean, just very powerful, you know, and I've heard about light therapy for, well, gosh, years. I mean, I've been in this realm since 2009 and I would say probably 2010, 2011, I start, I started hearing about it, but it was, you know, everyone would say it's just so hard to get out to the public to, to, you know, because it's not the typical medical model and things. And I would imagine this is private pay versus covered by insurance. Is that correct? Correct. It yep. is. Okay. You know, we, we all, all of us in the industry would like to see that change and there, we, the beginnings. I mean, it was just before we got on, on the call here talking with a, with a, a CEO of a company who's bringing a product to market who um, they're, they're just starting the the FDA clearance process, which they feel very comfortable that they will, and that will put them in a position for beginning to start the third party payer or the insurance side. Um, there's some other companies and devices that have started, you know, clearing those hurdles and are available. Um, so it's 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 just in its infancy from a third party payer side. But that's going to continue to grow because all of the evidence shows the efficacy. Like that's the thing. There's no shortage of evidence. Um, I, I think one one of the slides we didn't show, but one of my favorite slides is is um, just since 2022. Right. So uh, you know, year a little more than a year and a half. There's 13,000 papers studies on photobiomodulation. So just on light therapy. So 13,000 in the last year and a half. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's a, there's mountains of evidence to show efficacy. Like that's, that's for anybody who's, who's um, looked at the research, that's not a question. The only question is the people who've never looked at the research. Well, then, you know, they always say, well, is there any research? You know, I doubt this works. And it's like, well, go and read like a hundred of the 13,000 studies. And you, I think you'll be persuaded. So yeah, there's so the, the the it's settled science from that standpoint. But now it is it is really a public education campaign. It is is getting doctors. Like one of the things that f- just frustrates me to no end is in our macular degeneration clients that can have somebody who has maybe a new diagnosis or very progressed. Either way, but they come in for treatment. We treat them they get better, whether it's complete resolution, so such that, that there's no sign of diagnosable disease, or it's significant improvement, right? Because it's not, we don't always get complete resolution. We get what we get. We say, you know, slow, stop, reverse. We never know what person is going to get the slow, the stop, or the reverse, but but that's kind of our mantra. So you would, you would like to think that the, the optometrist or the ophthalmologist who's who's seeing their patient's vision come back that, that they would, re, you know, want to pick up the phone and call and say, Hey, like, how did you do that? You know, like, this is impossible, but my, my patient can see now zero, like a hundred percent of zero doctors have ever reached out. Even when the patient is saying, look, will you please call my provider and talk to him about what he's doing? Because I think he could help your other patients. Nope none it's just it is astounding to me that even when the doctor sees it in their own patient they're uninterested in it yeah it's it's a very and this is me being an outsider but it's a very manipulated system from what i see and there's a there's a lot of fear in terms of if i refer this and it's you know everyone else doesn't agree to this or it's not kosher what's going to happen to me and am I going to get ostracized in the industry? Uh, All those things are very, very real. Well, this has been been fascinating. We need to wrap up here. We've been talking with Guy Odishar with the Cerebral Fit um, Center and just uh, amazing the stories that you've told and, and the science behind it. Again, in the show notes, 
there are lectures and videos and research papers that you can you can refer to as well that he's pulled together. So I would just, you know, really ask our audience to be a giver of hope, like, click and share. There are people that we all know that are dealing with issues that they don't always share with us. Some of them we know, but not everything. And maybe this could help. And, you know, cost you no money, very little time. And if you're in need yourself, you know, reach out to them. Uh, again, contact information is all there. You can go to CerebralFit.com uh, or you can call 866-953-4325. And uh, you can also um, reach out to Guy by email at gotashar um, at CerebralFit.com. Again, thank you so much for your time. This has just been an eye-opening uh, discussion, and I'm I'm so glad that we connected. Thank you, Lori. It's been a delight chatting with you. Thank you. And again, for our listeners, don't forget to check out alzheimerspeaks.com for our free educational resources, as well as going to Dementia Map, our global resource directory. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye now. It's time to rethink. Renew and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather, the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.